Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host from Invent. Uh, welcome to uh, another edition of the uh, Construction Big Breakfast, and today our uh, special guest is Brandon from Procore. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Ben. Thanks for having me, mate. So it's good to have you. It's good to have you, and it's good to um, uh, use this uh, as a platform to uh, to launch our um, our new partnership, which we'll talk about um, in a in a bit more detail later. But um, the more important thing is for you to uh, introduce yourself and Procore a little bit, uh, and obviously the uh, most important question of the day. I've got to get it in first because otherwise I'll forget to ask. Is what did you have? <laughs> It's a good question, and as we were uh, as we were prepping for this, I think I let you know that uh, I'm not much of a breakfast guy. So I had one of the the biggest breakfasts that I normally do, uh, if I am having one, which was a smoothie today. Uh, and I wasn't planning on having breakfast, uh, but I told my girlfriend this morning that uh, I was on a breakfast podcast, and she insisted I must eat something <laughs> in order to uh, in order to qualify. So um, yeah, we had a. Um, What's it called? A banana bread smoothie. So it's got bananas, dates, oats, and uh, and milk, and it's amazing. All right, cool. And um, you you generally don't because you're a intermittent intermittent faster. That's your sort of go to um, health diet, is it? Yeah, it's my go to. It's hard to to restrict any food, especially traveling on the road, entertaining. So the easiest thing to do is just skip breakfast and be a little bit more strict on when you eat. Um, and ever since a kid, I've never really been hungry in the morning. Um, so it's just been a pretty natural progression, easy for me. Quite an easy thing for you to do then. Um, that said, when we're not in lockdown, I do love an Eggs Benedict. Uh, it's typically around brunch time, but uh, okay. I definitely, that's my go-to. All right, well, if we're um, ever allowed to actually socially meet for breakfast, <laughs> make sure that we uh, meet somewhere. Um, our go-to place is the uh, Delaney um, down at um, Holborn. Uh, that's yep. uh, fantastic. Um, everything is fantastic, but the eggs Benedict is uh, quite good as well. So uh, we'll make sure to um, to meet there. Uh, my breakfast is the same as uh, sort of most days: uh, porridge, a uh, few grapes, bananas, that type of stuff. So um, trying to uh, keep it healthy while we're in lockdown. Um, so that's the breakfast done. A bit about yourself. Um, yeah. And Procore to uh, to kick us off. Yeah, absolutely. So Brandon Oliveri, um, O'Connor Director of UK and Ireland for EMEA at Procore. Uh, Procore is a construction management software platform. Um, I've been with Procore for nearly five years now, which is uh, incredible. It's gone by fast. Um, the first two years were focused on our US business. Um, at the time, we were only based in uh, California. Had a couple different offices there and we're looking to expand our reach. Um, so I was a founding member of our Austin, Texas office, um, employee five in Austin. We are now at over 500. Um, just uh, five years later, when I left uh, after two years, we were at 150. So uh, a two year growth journey from five to 150 people. Obviously, a lot of uh, bumps, scrapes, bruises, uh, and some victories. So, um, lots of lessons along the way. And uh, at that stage, we were really focused on a globalization effort. So, expanding outside of the US uh, and was lucky to uh, take all those learnings and help support our teams uh, overseas. So, spent a few months in Australia, 
helping our vice president, Tom Karamacher, as he was launching into the business. Um, did the same for Jazz Sarah in Canada and spent some time in Vancouver. And then in uh, mid-2018, officially made the uh, leap across the pond to the UK, um, which was supposed to be a short stint. Uh, build the team, uh, make some quick hires and uh, pick up and do it again. And I uh, absolutely fell in love with the region, fell in love with the area and decided to stick around. So I've been here ever since. Even the weather, I mean, it's a bit different to Texas. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, growing up in California, living in Texas, it uh, was a bit of an adjustment. But luckily for my role, I get to travel quite a bit. So uh, I'm overseas and in the U.S. and back home with family in California quite a bit. So I get the weather time that I need at least. Oh, there you go. And uh, you know, coming from California, then are you a bit of a surfer or anything like that? I'm not. No. So I grew up inland. Um, so appreciate surf in the beach. Um, and though it was only 40 minute drive away. We didn't go very often, as sad as it is. No, you know, um, so I grew up on an island um, in Wales, in North Wales, Anglesey, and it's not a very big island. It's um, sort of at its longest, it's about 25 miles. So, you know, we've got beaches all around uh, and I never went really. We'd go for maybe once or twice a year, if that, and it was just like literally drive past it every day, but you would never actually go yeah. there. You just take it's one of those things. Don't think, do you? It's there. I mean, it took me um, 18 years to um, to climb Snowden. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you just don't take advantage of these things on your doorstep, do you? Exactly. It's like um, it's like Alcatraz in San Francisco. Uh, I went for the first time a couple of years ago, and everyone I knew that visited California went. <laughs> they were always asking, "How is how's Alcatraz?" I was like, "I have no clue. I've never been." <laughs> yeah, it's strange, isn't it? How you just don't think to, you know, I'll, it's just there. We can go tomorrow, next week, next year, whatever, and it never quite happens. The convenience. Um, um, so our partnership um, is um, sort of why this. Um, uh, podcast came around and um, our partnership actually started in Canada um, although obviously we're both um, here in the the UK um, but it's amazing how these things can sort of um, can grow like Procore has um, around the world so uh, we met um, Jazz um, through the uh, Canadian Construction Association um, yep. around a year ago give or take and had a few conversations when we've been going back and forth um, but a few months ago, so around Christmas time, we actually moved into the same building in Toronto, and that's helped. Oh us. wow! Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was partly we were looking, and I was like, "Well, we work makes sense for us because of the flexibility. Where do we go? Where do we go?" And I was like, "Well, it's right next to um, Union Station, Procore are there anyway, so it's it's good to have someone that you know in the building and." Um, so we've completely stalked you, moved in. I was just going to say, is that why you're always outside our door there when we have customers coming in? Than it actually is. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that certainly helped um, sort of speed up um, uh, the, the, the conversation. And um, as we sort of grew our um, sort of uh, relationship with the CCA, our shred offering over there, and we started uh, getting demos of Procore, um, it was quite exciting for us to see the opportunity um, that Procore provided our customers and potential future customers to really sort of nail that data gathering side of, um, uh, of things for us, you know, really sort of understand what people are doing on projects, when are they doing it, how are they doing it, and getting that documentation in place. Um, and for those um, sort of regular listeners uh, of our podcast, You'll know that sort of R&D in the UK and Shred in Canada are very important to us um, because 
it is a great opportunity for customers to um, leverage what they do to get more cash in the business. Uh, and we're very keen to show construction in a, uh, in the fantastic light that it can be. We are a far yeah, more innovative. It should be. Exactly. Um, and I'm sure you see that with your customers, how innovative that they actually are. They just don't realize it. They're just problem solvers naturally by day and they just go, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, I, I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't come up with that understanding. I'm not from the industry. I grew up in the middle of Silicon Valley. Um, Apple's headquarters was on my you know, doorstep. So for me, growing up, uh, technology was the only answer, is the only path to go, right? And construction was swinging a hammer. And there was really, there was no discussion around it in the Bay Area, right? And there's incredible buildings, incredible developments going on, but we were all just so much in our own silo, right? We didn't ever talk about it. So when I first joined Procore five years ago and I started meeting customers and those in the industry that are working at Procore, it was a huge eye-opening for me. And that these are some of the most innovative, the most educated people in our world tackling some of the most difficult challenges that we all are just completely blank to. We don't see it. We don't understand it. Yeah, no, I think um, as an industry, we don't do ourselves justice. But also I feel that it's partly because we're we're a, sort of a system of industries, a system of systems. You know, people just think of construction as, you know, the guy that does their extension, replaces yeah. their windows. They don't, they can't differentiate between that and some of the sort of the amazing things that we do um, in the large scale infrastructures, the the large buildings, um, you, you know, things like the... Um, some of the stadiums being built in California at the moment, especially just out of this world. Uh, yeah. The unbelievable sort of mesh of technology, construction, uh, uh, and a real emphasis on creating an, uh, an environment and a, an opportunity for people to massively enjoy themselves so much more than ever before. Yeah. Um, and it's great. I've actually been doing some work recently, um, uh, reading up on, on something one of our customers is doing about human-centric design. Okay. Uh, and it's a sort of really sort of shift in mindset from not building a building to be a building, but really sort of going, well, what does the, you know, the human need and want? What is it that that individual uh, requires the building to be and how do we design for that? So a real sort of change uh, and shift in the, the, the mindset of how you go about. Um, so, I mean, how did you end up in, was it just the technology then that interested you in Procore or were you sort of interested in seeing how, um, or did you want to disrupt an industry? What what attracted you to Procore in the first place? Yeah, all of, all of what you just mentioned um, were definitely up there. To be honest, like the single biggest contributing factor to me joining Procore was blind faith uh, and an incredible leader. Um, so I had worked at a, a big data company um, prior, had followed a very similar growth trajectory that Procore has now been on, um, you know, employed 200 to 2000, uh, IPO, all of that fun stuff. And a, a big portion of that journey, I was following Procore's now chief revenue officer um, and really um, helping him build out various different functions and groups within the business. So um, when he took his first two week vacation that I had seen him take in years, I realized something might be up, and uh, shortly after he was joining Procore, um, so I uh, I stuck uh, stuck on him for a while, followed what they were doing, what we were doing, and an understanding kind of what the impact was, and that's when I really started to learn more about the industry, learn more about the the technology, and what ultimately sold me, aside from you know Dennis and the great 
uh, leader he is and you know trusting his judgment in this business, but it was the ability to disrupt a vertical industry, right? Construction specifically was really exciting, but the way that I thought about it, um, we're seeing the world and right now is very evident of that get much more specialized, right? Um, and I thought that the next, what we saw from investments in um, venture capital and kind of the next big unicorns that were coming up, they weren't the big horizontal businesses like Salesforce that could serve every industry. It was more so going towards a very industry specific, vertical focused um, technology solution. So you can really know your customers and drive the biggest impact. Um, so that's what got me excited about, uh, about Procore. And five years ago, it was the drawings tool. Um, today, it's the analytics tool and all of the stuff with driving value from the data rather than capturing. And it's really followed the journey that uh, I think we all envisioned. So how have you uh, seen the, um, the industry change over that five years that you've been involved? Yeah, it's funny. I go back to like the first customers that we went and saw and the 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 Procore's drawings tool on mobile. Um, while today it's absolutely incredible. Um, five years ago, it was cutting edge. It was new. Nobody else had it. Right. Um, and it was the showstopper. So we'd go to demonstrate. We'd show the drawings tool, being able to connect all of your communication and collaboration off of that. And it was a done deal today going into meetings. That's table sticks. Right. Everyone expects that, even if they're not using that type of technology. Um, so what we've seen is in the last five years, data capture was really the forefront uh, and the very beginning of what I saw the value and interest from the customer. Today, it's data utilization. Right now, it's extracting value from the data. Um, so Procore has made uh, investments into a, a couple of different companies um, that allow that. One specifically is um, a construction BI, which is now Procore's analytics tool, which mm -hmm. allows you to bring in Procore data amongst all other data sets you have in your business and do real-time uh, data capture, uh, analytics, insight, driving, uh, visualization, and that is what we're seeing more and more customers want and need. Um, and I think it's a natural progression that uh, we expected and are very proud to see uh, come to fruition. No, it's good. I mean, I've said for a while that as an industry, we are data rich and knowledge poor. Um, yeah. we, um, we're very good at measuring uh, and I'm a QS by background. So measuring. <laughs> you know, yeah, my, measure, my measure, 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 measure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but why? Um, you know, we've never been very good at understanding why and what and what you're going to do with it ultimately at the end of it. How can you sort of benchmark it for uh, increasing productivity, improving the next? How are you measuring your outcomes and understanding, well, was that the right thing to build? Are my end users happy? Things like that. Things yeah. that I guess you guys as a tech company do all the time, you know, measuring end user satisfaction measuring yeah. sort of that understanding of how many people are using it when are they using it why are they using it these are things we should be measuring about our, our buildings yeah. um, we don't particularly we're getting better at it we're getting better at understanding well if we can create a better building it creates greater value so you know we can sell it for you know quicker easier or for a higher rate potentially absolutely rather than sort of you know some run-of-the-mill standard um Building. Or enhance, so, enhance the building before it breaks, right? All of the predictive IoT is really interesting right now, right? Um, and you saw it happen in automotive before any other industry. And, you know, Tesla, for example, they know by the day when their door handle is going to break yeah. on every single Tesla based off of usage and how often you're touching it, right? And they can call you and say, bring it to the shop before it breaks. It's supposed to break in the next 12 days, right? Yeah. That's incredible. I am... Um, uh, 
So I've, I'm I'm heavily involved with uh, an organisation called Constructing Excellence here in the UK, and I've been judging the um, digital um, uh, award uh, for the last couple of years. And a couple okay. of years ago, there was this um, client, um, and they'd gone really sort of um, data centric. So let's measure everything, um, and um, it's just, it's a silly story. But they worked out they could save um, twenty or thirty thousand pounds, I think it was by moving where their toilet roll holder was. <laughs> so, <laughs> what data were they capturing for that then? It was just maintenance costs, but it wasn't until it all sort of got amalgamated and you know was analyzed properly that they saw that actually their, their maintenance people were on a daily basis replacing two or three of these. Um, they uh, managed our people homes. So people were sort of pushing down on it uh, and sort of wow. ripping it off, trying to help themselves off. So it was quick change in design, maybe using slightly more expensive uh, materials initially, but you're saving yeah. yourself a fortune. And it's not until you can collate that data and change it into sort of knowledge and understanding that they could find that little nugget. And it's yeah. a silly little story. But I think <laughs> it really sort of emphasizes. Um, it definitely emphasizes it, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And you know, so you've you've already sort of um, touched upon sort of uh, we've uh, and we've sort of joked about it a little bit, but we're obviously in quite unique times at the moment with everything that's going on. Uh, yeah. How have you seen sort of the impact of COVID um, in sort of how people, you know, did you get that initial rush of everyone going, oh, I need something? How do I work my construction site? Oh, I'll just buy Procol. Did you get yeah. that initial rush? Was it sort of were you telling people to slow down a bit and think about what they needed? Yeah, it's it's been a really like everybody. It's been a roller coaster. Obviously, we're all going through that emotionally. Our businesses are feeling it. Um, but I would even say the the response from our customers and our prospective customers, um, our clients across the board, are on that same roller coaster journey um, in terms of evaluating technology. So we had our highest pipeline generating month in regional history in the month of April. Right. And a lot of that was off the backs of what you just described. Right. High interest in technology, understanding what's out there, what's available. Um, a, a handful of clients that raised their hand in a matter of days from seeing their first demo and decided to take a leap and, and join Procore as a partner. Um, so we've seen some great success there. Uh, however, we've also seen what everyone else is seeing in the industry, I think, uh, a huge reservation of cash, right? Uh, procurement cycles shutting down, people mm -hmm. pausing, holding, waiting. So it's funny, even just yesterday, I was chatting with a, a fellow colleague across the pond and sharing that we feel like we've never been busier. We're not seeing it necessarily from the top line business metrics you would normally expect and attribute this busyness to and this effort to, um, but we think it's coming. Uh, there's been a lot of, of clients and, and folks that have been investing heavily in the evaluation cycle. And what we're finding is oftentimes the the interest is just as high as it's always been, um, but a lot more of it's focused on collaboration than ever before. Um, so, for example, when, when COVID really started becoming more of a reality at the end of March, we had customers begging for uh, a Zoom integration. Um, Zoom happens to be uh, just down the street from our headquarter office, and we have very great executive relationships. And we were able to, in a matter of days, I think it was something like three days, um, push out a Zoom integration uh, mm -hmm. in the site diary, in the meetings tool, and other tools to respond to that. And I think that's kind of the, the second you know, point I want to make at the top level and the top of the funnel, if you will, people interested in buying technology, we've seen that. 
But we've also seen our customers focusing on utilizing the technology at a much higher rate, right? So how do we get more out of Procore, which has been incredible because we offer so much and oftentimes much more than clients fully take advantage of. And I think this was a wake up call in that, oh my gosh, we're spending this money, solves us here, here and here. And we didn't realize we had these problems that Procore solves for. So our customer success teams have been busier than ever uh, doing new trainings and um, helping people spend the time to, to add more products to their SKUs and help them understand how best to use the technology we already offered them um, to drive more efficient results, which has been really, really powerful. Yeah, I think it's been one of the uh, issues with um, sort of whole scale adoption of technology in the industry is people, people go out and buy things then they sort of take it home and they open the box and they go, oh, shit, I don't know what any of that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they don't really think about what they actually need, what the cultural change requirement is. You know, at the end of the day, technology is a tool. Um, people yeah. are the key things. And, you know, so, um, we do um, sort of digital strategies and help people implement things and stuff like that. And people are sometimes initially surprised when so little of it is actually about technology. Um, yeah, it's change know, management. Yeah, it is. It's just like, well, no, you need the people, the process, the culture. Otherwise, yeah. like, if I tell you to buy something, it will just end up on the shelf in six months. It's You need to understand, like you say, how do I utilize this? What are my problems and what is the answer then that I need to find? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really curious, before moving on, what have you seen? How have you seen this impact your business and, and how are you all responding? Uh, yeah, I mean, a bit like you, um, it's actually turning into potentially quite a good um, sort of business period for us. Um, we are sort of management consultants, so we're often the, the nice to have. Um, mm -hmm. But now companies are almost making us a must have. Um, you know, things like spread and R&D can give you that cash injection. Um, you know, fair play to the CRA in Canada and HMRC uh, here in the UK. They're turning things around quite quickly, sort of months to six weeks. So sort of getting good injections there. Uh, and people are really going, well, what does the future hold for me? What do I need to look at? Um, so sort of that strategy side of things, that um, sort of productivity improvement and performance management, all those type of things. And now conversations people are realizing should be at the heart of what they do rather than the sort of the nice to haves. So yeah. there's, there's real shift towards um, that thinking. Um, what will be interesting for both of us in many ways is will it last or will people just sort of go back? Um, you know, we, yeah. keep, we keep talking about the new norm. Um, some people hate talking about the new norm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but have you noticed nobody's talked about Brexit in about three months? No, which is nice. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, it'll be interesting, won't it? I mean, it's all going to come to a head at some point. Yeah. We've got that issue, COVID carrying on. Because who knows how long COVID will be here with. Um, you know, is it going to be here for another six months, 18 months? Or is it just a forever thing? We've got to work out how to live with it, which is sounds sort of the, the most likely, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've been, you know, with our Canada business, it's mainly been uh, me and um, our director, Tim, sort of going back and forth every six weeks. Um, so we've had to quickly change um, sort of culturally how we do things. Um, but yeah, for so, uh, Teams is our sort of main go-to, but Zoom as well, you, you know, um, other than time difference, uh, <laughs> making it a, a bit of an issue. Uh, the yeah. technology's really enabled us to, um, 
to, to, to carry on and hopefully people will just realise that going backwards isn't the right way. You know, going back to normal is going backwards. Yeah. It it could be the it could be the catalyst that the industry needed in terms of tech adoption and really taking that leap of faith and it very much is a leap of faith and I think your points highlighted before are so true. Tech, technology is just the tool. What needs to change uh, more often than not is the culture, right? And what needs to change is the process, and um, that's not easy, right? Um, you've got an industry that's been successful for hundreds of years right um it, though I, I mean we've forever been known as sort of the low margin industry the the industry that's hard to make money you've got to really grind for your pennies and stuff like that so it's interesting is that yes we've been successful in many ways because you know some amazing buildings have been built around the world amazing infrastructure uh, you look at london and you, you know you see some of the historic buildings and the modern buildings it's amazing but as an industry, we struggle to make money. So have we ever actually been successful? Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. You, um, you raise a good point. My point was that we've been successful in achieving the goals of the business, which is build buildings. Right. Yeah, okay. But we've we've never driven forward and, you know, increased the margin. Really, if you look over the last hundred years, it's it's always been a struggle. And yeah, that margin's raising, but it's still razor thin. Um, so we need to we need to drive forward the change management, the cultural changes with technology. And I think that, you know, this current environment was the catalyst to bring all of that to a head, like you mentioned. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think people are starting to raise their heads up and say, how are we going to solve for this? How could we have been better prepared for this situation? And technology is going to be just a portion of that. Um, and I think it's um, my hope, and we're, we're an optimistic business, it's one of our values. Uh, we're optimistic that this is going to be, you know, something that progresses the industry forward in the world for that matter. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. And yeah, like you say, the world. Um, I mean, most countries um, are uh, looking at it as a real opportunity to um, you know, um, push forward with the, uh, with the carbon agenda and yeah. really understand can we um change the way you know i saw uh, new zealand are looking at adopting a four-day week maybe um yeah. funny my first job was a four-day week um, really what yeah, was that uh, i used to work in uh, the nuclear decommissioning industry and because okay. you had so many people traveling from so many different places people would work extended hours to go home on a thursday night anyway yeah. um just made the four-day week um uh, standard for staff and it was long days but it was great having that sort of longer week the problem came when not everyone was on the four-day week <laughs> um, so you either had loads of people sort of working overtime on a, and you know double rates on a friday and stuff like that then it wasn't so it was, yeah. sort of, it was a good idea but it wasn't fully sort of implemented and thought through properly so there were a few sticking points here and there um but it was great i mean it'll be interesting whether i mean do you think there's um uh, sort of another disruptive technology or a, a disruptive company that's just round the corner. Um, we see, you know, in the States, um, we've uh, heard a lot about Katera and what yep. they did over there. Toronto uh, was all about the Impact Sidewalks Lab was having until they pulled out a couple of weeks ago. Um, so you've got lots of things that are almost happening. But do you think this is the, the real drive for them to to really make a, a push or will it be traditional companies that will change and push it forward 
It's a great question. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot of those new cutting edge um, construction companies born out of this, whether they're, you know, new, unique operations or their departments within some of the legacy builders. I don't know. Um, but I think this is going to cause a lot of people to raise their heads and, and sniff some business ideas that they want to go and build. I think from a um, from a product perspective and from what uh, we're offering in industry, I think we're going to see further collaboration, which is something we're really proud of, um, and best-in-class software that are, are solving unique challenges work together to build a, you know, a unique platform, which is something Procore's built our business off of. Um, you know, we've got over 100 plus partner integrations and some of these tools solve very niche issues that our R&D team would never have invested time or money into. However, they're massive game changers for our business and we for our clients' business, and we need to find ways to work closely with them. So I think that you're going to see the tools and the technology companies find more ways to add value together for their clients rather than continuing to you know work in their own silos and their own individual boxes. I think what what will be interesting is a lot of especially the larger companies have historically they might have seen something and gone I'll build that for myself, uh, trying mm -hmm. to create a competitive advantage by just doing it themselves. Whereas hopefully there'll be that shift in business model realization that, like you say, well actually if I do this really well and just sort of maximize and leverage what they do really well, it's actually better for everyone. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can sort of shift that mindset to, like you say, a more collaborative way of sharing sort of what we're all good at and uh, coming together for um for the greater good um so we'll see we'll see yeah fingers crossed yeah Do our best to make it happen yeah so um that that's our sort of um so our half hour so um we will um sort of wrap it up there otherwise we'll be um uh, told off by sarah that we've uh, gone on too long um so brandon um it's been great having you uh, it's been a really interesting conversation. Uh, I'm really excited about um, uh, our partnership, how um, Procore can can help our customers um, sort of better uh, manage their R&D um, claim process, collect the data that they need to make it sort of a, a really efficient um, uh, process, uh, and hopefully as well that we can sort of spread the message and get Procore customers to realise that what they do is fantastic and they should be looking at the um, the shred and R&D program as an opportunity to, uh, to to get cash as well. Um, so it, it's been great. Um, we'll um, maybe have proper breakfast at some point. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for your time this morning. It's been a pleasure, Ben. Thank you again for having me. And yeah, really, really excited to um, for this uh, to launch this partnership officially. Uh, it's a critical time for our clients, uh, unique clients together, and um, hope that they can take advantage of what we're offering um, together. If you're interested in learning anything more about Procore, uh, we're here. Uh, just reach out, and we'd be happy to uh, to chat with you all further. Yeah, fantastic. And um, when this goes on YouTube, uh, we'll put the Procore website and things like that in the um, in the bio and all that. So, Excellent. fantastic. Thank you very much. And um, uh, for everyone else, uh, stay safe and um, see you all again soon. Stay safe, everybody. Take care. Thank you, Ben. Come to Invent for the highest R&D tax credit you can claim. We help construction businesses get back millions in tax credits every year. Contact us today for a free review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. 
make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.